Cut this part. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll wait. <laughs> Do you know what I just watched? <laughs> like 20 minutes before we hit record. I don't know. You want to guess? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched a TV show. Okay. The first episode of a TV show. Hmm. Well, or maybe not a TV show, but like a music TV show. <laughs> I feel like you're getting so specific. <laughs> uh, a music TV show. Is it Glow? No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, you're getting further. Uh, I watched uh, Planet of the Apps, the first episode. Uh, okay, that was my second guess. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, Glow's the Netflix one with Alison Brie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like the promos, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. No, so I watched Planet of the Apps, and to be completely honest, it was like an hour before we were supposed to hit record, and I was chilling on the couch, and I was like, we have nothing to talk about this episode, <laughs> so <laughs> let me watch this, so maybe we'll have something to say. Don't don't tell people that. <laughs> well, spoilers. No, it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> actually, the shows where we don't have like any topics lined up are usually the best ones. Yeah, that, so, that is true. Just throwing this out there. So anyway, I watched it. How was it? I was com- I was one hundred percent convinced that I was gonna hate it, and maybe because of that, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to say that your expectations were so low that it could only be better. Exactly, <laughs> were as low as they could be, and because of that, and for that reason, I'm out. No, for that reason. Um, <laughs> Like, it wasn't that bad. Like, it was super cringy. And because I have, like, I I have a lot of say in the matter, like, apps and shit. <laughs> like, I just criticized everything, which was fun. And, you know, when you're watching, like, American Idol or The Voice or something, like, sure, you're not a singer, but you can judge someone's singing, right? You, you, someone's right. voice. Like, oh, I, I, I think that he or she sings well or not i like her voice or something but here like i do feel like i know what i'm talking about like i know what they are talking about and then when you have people like will i am and oh my god i mean i i don't want to disrespect anyone i really don't but i have a beef with will i am okay (laughs) (laughs) i can't take him seriously and then like people like jessica alba or whatever it's like Sure, I don't know you, I don't want to judge you, but you have never proved to me that you know about tech industry, right? And Right. So I thought that was just going to be like, I actually thought that Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, Will I Am, and the other guy, the only legit guy that I forgot his name, like I, I thought they were investing, like a, a Shark Tank type of thing. Apparently they're not, they're just like, kind of like the voice they are trying to be picked as a coach or like advisor right right so that's the thing like you have that escalator but isn't there like still an uh like an investing portion of this show yeah so that's the second part of the show anyway maybe everyone knows this i didn't i thought it was like a shark tank will i am was investing in apps uh, <laughs> so like the first third is like that that pitch which is super fast like it's we only see like two or three pitches it's super like it's really quick and then in this first episode they pick two and then the second third of the show is them having meetings with the 
advisors, wherever, wherever they picked, talking about the future, whatever, talking about a company we're going to do. And then the third and final part of the show is them pitching the idea to investors. And that was fun. <laughs> that last part, that was funny because, you know, that's just like Shark Tank, but just for apps. So it's a very right. specific Shark Tank, but it was, it was enjoyable. I don't know if I'm going to continue. I don't know if I'm going to watch episode two. I don't anyway, but it was not as bad as I thought it would be. Well, I don't know. I've been like meaning to check it out, but every time I'm like, Hey, what should I watch tonight? I like mm-hmm. <laughs> planet of the apps is never on that list. Also a uh, weird thing. Apparently you can't, like I can't airplay Planet of the Apps from my phone to my Apple TV. Like God. I feel like if there was one TV show that I could do that, would <laughs> be the one from Apple. I don't right. know why. Like if you airplay something from the music app, because that's where you watch it, right? Because it's an Apple Music thing. Right. If you airplay something from the music app, it just airplays the sound. So I was like, well, then I guess I have to watch it on the Apple Music app on the Apple TV. But on the Apple TV, I use my American Apple ID because of reasons. And I, I, I'm not subscribing to Apple Music with my American Apple uh. ID. You, you, anyway, it's those fun things of, yeah, Apple IDs and stuff. Right. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I did watch this week was um, the Scott Furstall interview uh, mm, about yes. the making of the iPhone. Which was, in my opinion, fascinating. Did you watch it? I did. I loved it. It was a weird thing of like exciting to, you know, hear more Apple stories, and you know, I, I feel like we both love that st- that stuff. Like I read all of the books, like Steve Jobs biographies and whatever. But it was a mix of that, that excitement. Hey, new info trivia about the iPhone, plus Scott freaking Forstall, like. I miss that dude. <laughs> yeah. It felt almost like they, they like froze him. <laughs> like when the they fired hasn't him. Aged. They, they, yeah, like they, they just they just took him <laughs> and they put him in the freezer <laughs> and they took him out for this interview. <laughs> he's the exact same person and he's wearing the same shirt. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> he's wearing the same shirt that we last see him in a public <laughs> Like in a public thing. So last time we saw Scott Forsall in a public forum was, I feel like 2009 or something, WC Keynote or something. I don't remember exactly when, but around that time. Is it so, really? 2009? Yeah. Well, maybe the iPhone nine. came out in 2007. So Right, then a year App Store, then two, 2009 with 3GS. I feel like the, he had more years than, than that. No? Okay, so 3GS was... 2009 so 4 2010 4s was the siri one and i think that was his last so maybe 2011 i feel like the siri one so the the iphone 4s was his last keynote i don't know okay let's see (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get to the bottom of this so (laughs) he was fired in october 2012 or O12, as, as Faith says. <laughs> no one um, got that reference. Um, so maybe the, the last WDC, so June 2012? Yes. Well, so 
that was after basically the last event we probably seen him on. Yeah, was probably WWDC or the iPhone event. So the iPhone event would be in September. Oh, that September, right? So basically, <laughs> the, remember like how this this thing all went down when iOS six rolled out to all of the the customers and he had Apple Maps and that oh, was a shit show. Right. Um, so well, no, was that was Apple Maps on iOS six? It was, yeah. Oh. I thought it was five for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> going back. So the last time we saw him, uh, he was wearing the same exact shirt that he's wearing at this thing. And just now, like just today, came out this video on uh, the Wall Street Journal about, it's like it's Scott Forsall, uh, Greg Chrissy, and uh, Tony Fidel. They are talking about, you know, the iPhone. Because, by the way, spoilers <laughs> It's the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Right. Uh, that's why there's all this stuff coming out. And anyway, in that video, that new Wall Street Journal video, guess what he's wearing? <laughs> is he wearing that exact same shirt again? <laughs> he is. Wait, was he like allowed furlough from, from Apple prison for like one day? <laughs> this is where he did all these interviews. <laughs> Like this is the only trip you had. <laughs> it was on his contract. And he went back to his white prison. <laughs> no, let me out of here. I want leather and brushed metal, please. <laughs> I oh, know God. I know um some listeners might be like, Oh god damn it, they're talking about Apple stuff again. But I think this is actually kind of important. Like I, this whole talk about the the iPhone. I think even if you're not like an Apple person, you have to admit that this is like, imp- like incredibly impressive and very mysterious. Like how how like that whole revolution happened. And and honestly, that story remains largely untold. And for me. That's the really interesting part. Like, I love that there's a bunch of interviews coming out. There's uh, this new book called, like, One Device um, that I bought. I haven't, like, I just read a few pages so far. But I'm really excited to hear about that story because it's like, mm-hmm. how did this team create something that was so far out there? They, they basically, like, invented the future. And to me, that's just fascinating. And Apple, because of its secret uh, nature... Right? You don't know what Apple is working on. You don't really hear much about development process and history and all. So the only way for you to know this stuff is many, many years later when people that works at those products and those teams, they are not at Apple anymore. So they can finally talk about stuff because while you're an Apple employee, if you just came out to the press and talked about all the stories and details of the stuff that you've been working on, you're going to you're going to be fired like you're going to get fired. You can't do that. So the only way that we can hear about all this stuff is from those, you know, stories from people that don't work there anymore. So that's why we have a lot of this interesting fascinating stories about the development of the Mac. Why? Because it was like 30 years ago and those people don't work at Apple anymore and they're probably like doing their own stuff and it was so long time ago that they can finally talk about it. So I feel like now, and only just now, we're starting to hear more about the iPhone, which yeah. is like the last big product from Apple, I guess. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's fascinating. And Scott Forstall, like he was the iPhone guy. Like every time in an Apple keynote, they were talking about iOS, like iPhone, it was Scott. 
that was on stage. Maybe Schiller or even like Steve Jobs in the beginning uh, talk about um, hardware, I guess. But Scott was the iOS guy. And, you know, he's been working. He started at Next. And that's that was one of the fascinating stories. Like, I, I knew he started at Next. And knew that he was like super smart, but apparently he was like, like genius, one of a kind smart. Because when he <laughs> right. was like in high school or something, he started working for like the the military or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy, crazy stories. <laughs> and then apparently, like one of the story he told was that he met Steve Jobs in the lobby before his interview. <laughs> And just started talking with him for a while. And then Steve said, no matter what happens in the interviews, you're hired. <laughs> like, I'm giving you this job. And I was like, just pretend to care for, for your interviews. Yeah. You have it. Act surprise. <laughs> Which is incredible. <laughs> pretend to care. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I, I really love the way that he just speaks. Like, he reminds me so much of, of Steve Jobs. Like the way that basically he explains everything is just like a series of stories. Yeah. And, and I and, feel and like we're missing a lot of that like today. Like it's it's not something you see very often. I feel like every little thing that he says carries a lot of emotion and and charisma. Like right? Like yeah. everything he's telling you like every little story no matter how important and big it is like it carries a lot of gravita if that makes sense yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's the thing yeah and like a good example of that is when they asked about him about skeuomorphism which was like a really interesting question to ask him like he didn't answer by like necessarily talking about his opinion directly but he talked told like these two stories of like during the the launch day of ios or something like that where he got like an email from this like old like 90 years old lady and also like this saw this kid using the ipad and like both of them could could use it um mm. but basically like the way he answered that question was was not to say anything specific but just to tell th those stories so you can make your own mind based on, on those stories I feel like the interviewer could have pressed him more on it, though. But it seems like they were really tight on 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 the timing wise, and, and like this is one of those things where I, f I feel like there would have been enough material to talk for three hours, at least. Mm -hmm. And they had mm -hmm. to like cram everything in one hour, and then half of that hour was taken up by the shark story, which was like still very interesting, but uh, not about the iPhone. <laughs> I wonder if now because apparently he's doing the broadway thing and you know we knew that it's not like right secret. he's working on a couple broadway plays i wonder like what happened like did the embargo the scott forstall embargo was lifted <laughs> off like because now we, like we it was radio silence for five years and now he started talking not just at this one place apparently he also was in the wall street journal for this video right so i wonder like are we can we expect now to hear more from scott i sure hope so but yeah like I'm not sure. because because he's doing the broadway thing if you like like he's not working at google or a new tech company like it feels like he, he he's super chill like he doesn't care that much because he's not <laughs> in the area anymore at least right for now well so that's one explanation the second one is that this is all orchestrated by apple pr and they basically like 
like vetted all the the things he was allowed to say and the things he wasn't beforehand. Mm. And that could have very well happened, right? That like you he's not that? free to talk, but for these very specific stories, they allow him to to go on them and, and talk about it. Which would be like very weird, right? Like imagine you're forced all like I don't buy you that. got fired and then like all of a sudden everything you say is controlled by this company. But it's yeah. it seems to me like um like Scott Forstall still loves Apple. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything that he says, like I feel like if if Tim Cook gave him a call one day and was like, Hey Scott, do you want to come back? He'd say yes, like right on the spot. <laughs> I mean at least that's that's what I hope I, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he maybe I was expecting more in by the way, we don't know the details on as to you know, the circumstances that led him to be fired. There's strong rumors about, like, you know, collaboration. He was not good at working with other people, especially probably Johnny Ive, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, when you clash with a big guy like Johnny Ive at the Apple, it's like, yeah, one of you has to go and it won't be it won't be Johnny. So that's, like, what we kind of know and suspect and whatever. But we don't know. So I didn't, I didn't get the feeling that he was, like, mad at Apple or, like, holding a grudge or whatever. You know what I mean? Like... No, it was fine. And I mean, he's a grown man. <laughs> he's not like, he's not a kid that just holds a grudge with, you know what I mean? Like he's right. civil and he's respectful. And even if you uh, talk about it, uh, I feel like, but. Right. But I mean, it, like, I like the comparison is so, someone like Tony Fidel, <laughs> which is like, the guy's just like still bitter about that, that whole like mm-hmm. iPhone thing and how like his team didn't, didn't get to make the iPhone. Right. And then talking about like, how how Schiller is like a grandma and like doesn't understand technology and like th- turns out that whole story was was false like I don't know I feel like forestall I mean and maybe that just speaks to two different types of personality but um, I don't know it's it seems like a a very big difference in the way that these two act Apple VP drama <laughs> yeah but anyway the iPhone is ten years old dude yeah that's that's crazy. A lot of years yeah <laughs> a decade man like do you i still feel like the iphone is our thing like our generation right thing, if that makes sense yeah maybe it's not fair because <laughs> when the iphone came out like i was not a developer mm-hmm. uh if that makes sense like it was our thing and to be already a decade old it's like when when someone tells you hey you know 10 years ago and you think the 90s right <laughs> yep <laughs> then oh no wait <laughs> That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Do you think AR will ever become as big as the phone revolution? Because I don't want to no. say like about, about the iPhone specifically. Like I think the iPhone just kicked off this like whole smartphone revolution. But so did you say you do not think it will become as big? No, because it is part of the phone revolution. Is it? Or I mean, well, you know, okay, sorry. Let me rephrase that. So, AR in the way that you're not looking at a screen, but it's it, it would be something like glasses or like, mm. like contacts or something like that, right? Like where the paradigm is not you hold a piece of glass, that it's more like this ambient kind of technology. I don't know, man. I feel like something like the iPhone, like the, the, the smartphone explosion and revolution, I don't feel like it is fair to expect anything at that scale. Mm-hmm. So whatever the next revolution is going to be, 
I don't think it's going to be like like iPhone smartphone scale, if that makes sense. Ah, huh, interesting. Because the iPhone, iPhone was like from that keynote. So in one hour, everything changed. Like, oh, so that's how it's going to be, right? Right. Everyone was like, this is awesome. I want one. And then it took a couple, like one year, two years, because then Android came out and it came up with, with cheaper phones. So it was more accessible to more people. And I feel like in a span of five years, like everyone has an iPhone. Uh, well, not an iPhone, a smartphone or like a tablet. I, I put tablets in the same bucket. It was like in my lifetime or like in history that I can <laughs> read and recall for like in a span of five years changed dramatically the the you know like the playing field like everything is different now mm-hmm. and and not only like people have a new gadget but now everyone is connected to the internet now you allow for companies like Instagram and and probably like Facebook and Snapchat like all these Uber all these new type of companies and innovation is suddenly like possible and allowed like that revolution in three years i don't think like we should expect anything like that anytime soon because what was the the thing before the iphone like that you could compare like personal computers heck no that thing took like 20 years until like people had computers in their homes or something right but that was a meaningful like a meaningful like evolution the same way like that the invention of the internet was like I, I'd say those like, are com- comparable. You mean like the phone is an evolution of the computer? No, no well, it, it's like it, I'd say it's a revolution. The technology world, like I would say, like the personal computer, the internet, and then the smartphone would be like and, three like kind of major revolutions. And there's probably more that I'm missing, but obviously, um, with <laughs> the age that I have, uh, those are the ones that I'm like more acutely aware of. And I would say to that, yes. And by the way, the smartphone is like built on top of those innovations. But none of those was as ubiquitous and as fast of a transformation as it was with the smartphone. I I do want to remove the speed out of the equation because I think that's more or less irrelevant. I don't think it's irrelevant. I'm I'm talking about impact. Like I don't know. I feel like there's there's things that that catch on really f- quickly, but are kind of a fad and like kind of disappear over time. Hmm. Like so, I don't know. I, I I don't know the exact numbers, but like let's say the the like pager <laughs> revolution or like the facts, right? Like <laughs> those are things that may or may not have like happened quickly, but they're also not impactful today. Like it, like history doesn't look super fondly on these things right i don't know i i feel like it kind of has a shot because it it feels like that it that it's within the grasp of something that is humanly possible to create in our lifetime Mm -hmm. but it also totally feels like the future and and just thinking of like a few different examples but like i saw um today or yesterday i don't remember on the made with uh with ar kit the twitter account uh if you're yeah. not following this you should you really should and it's a it's a twitter account that basically shows the different things that people are making with ar kit which is apple's augmented reality framework for ios and the one of the latest ones that they showed was being able to measure the distance between two points in ar um so you're just pointing your phone you're like tapping one corner to the other and it measures the thing super accurately i'm just thinking like 
it would be so much more awesome if you had those built into your vision. It could be like, okay, like I want to see the like distance from like this point to that point. You automatically like know the know distance for something. Like I'm moving right now. This would be massively useful. <laughs> But beyond that, like so many things. Like why do I have to look at stare at this piece of glass? And it seems like it would replace a lot of the uses I have for my iPhone. And it would also open up so, a huge amount of possibilities that just weren't there before. So, like for like, also say you're uh, you're in your car, you're 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 driving. Assuming you're we're still driving when we have these things. The car is driving us. Yeah, I guess the car is driving. But like, you could also have like, let's say you have a GPS and like you see a line on the road that like tells you where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be cool. Um, I don't know. I feel like that. There's a lot of possibilities that would be unlocked by, by this technology, and I'm pretty excited about it. It's just interesting to see like how long is it gonna take before it gets there. Okay, so I have no doubt it's gonna be huge, especially with iOS 11. <laughs> it's funny because I just mentioned that on that first episode of Planet of the Apps, one of the pitched apps was this guy that had like a AR platform. <laughs> right, that's the guy who who doesn't see his, his children, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> poor guy so he's building like this ar platform and he's mapping the world and whatever and building like an sdk for like b2b for ar mm-hmm. and it's funny you're watching this now <laughs> when you know that apple is just basically going to make ar got your lock affordable for everyone i have no doubt that ar is going to be big or way bigger than currently is like where apple with ios 11 is going to allow a lot of innovation in this field that was just not accessible to a lot of developers mm-hmm. before even myself i built like a couple demos that i'm working i'm playing with ar which is bananas like you know before ios 11 i would never say this like ar was not even a thing that i thought i could do so it can be big and it was a um, like a surprising move from apple at least to me i was not expecting this And even looking at like signs, you know, when you, when you try to look back and try to connect the dots, even looking back, like I cannot see an obvious pattern, like what made, what led Apple to focus and invest on this area. And I see only two things, which is Google Glass a lot of time ago and Pokemon Go. <laughs> hmm. And, you know, Apple is famous for, um, usually they're not the first ones to you know, to get to a market, to a new either technology or new market or whatever. So they, they like to take their time. But when they do, they usually are very good at it. <laughs> so I feel like maybe when whatever Google Glass came out, was it like five years ago? I don't know. A while now. They started looking into this. And maybe it took them five years or whatever it's been to actually put this in place. And also mm-hmm. makes me wonder, like, Are they thinking way far ahead than we are now? Are they thinking, are they building like a type of Google Glass type of thing? Yeah, I think they are. And like, there's been a couple of rumors on it. (laughs) And basically saying that uh, ARKit is kind of the basis for what they're building for those like future Apple glasses. And I think that makes total sense, right? Like if if you want to get to that point where you can project anything onto real world like how how do you do it well you you take your engine and you put it on a billion devices and get people to use it get people to give you feedback um and then over time like that thing's gonna become incredible um and then you're 
one day you're just going to be able to come out right out the gate and have this like fully fledged AR platform they can build onto, um, mm. which is really cool. That would be such an Apple thing to do. Like, Google oh, yeah. Shows you Google Glass, and everyone's like, nope, not there yet. Sorry. And then Microsoft would HoloLens or whatever. And right. Like, nope, sorry, not ready. And I hope they take their time with it. I hope they don't pull like an Apple Watch and just like release it way too early. I hope they they like let Google like give it another shot or two at this thing, <laughs> and then like everyone who tries it, they're like, oh, okay, like there could be potential uh, on it, but like kind of sucks. In That's all these tricky. Ways and they just because if they do succeed, they get there first, right? Right. Like you want them to fail. You want them to try to fail, but you you can't. You know you can't afford them to try and win. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I I feel like whoever like manages to do this right is going going to see like a massive amount of demand for this thing over time like i think it has the power to revolutionize how we do a lot of things and like it makes me kind of scared a little bit as a designer and i think like honestly that that future is better for us than a future where all we do is is talk to our virtual assistants that's not to say that like these two two ideas of the future are mutually exclusive but assuming that this future involves like people looking at things that appear in real world it is kind of interesting like it's a new way to look at things because we've been like really used to so like design started off as like a print medium mostly um Mm -hmm. where the dimensions of your thing are very well defined and then you can see exactly how the thing looks like and it's it's kind of like a finished thing right like you're holding a book you're holding a poster like this is how people are going to see it it's never going to change it's always going to be like that and then we kind of slowly moved on to the web where at first we followed the same kind of paradigm same ideas and we're all wondering like oh what is the ideal size for a website and like we had the like nine what is it was it like 960 pixel grid and stuff like that and and then slowly over time with responsive design and like more phones and more like device sizes went to uh, this idea that we shouldn't assume what the screen looks like and we also shouldn't assume what that website is going to be because there's so many variables it'll be personalized to you it'll be customized so we've been like getting more and more kind of abstract in the way that we think about about websites but we've still been thinking about it from from the standpoint of we know that there is the screen we know that it's it's displayed within a rectangle on this flat device and now with ar it won't be right like it it, like do you let's say you're looking out at a mountain where do you display the ui is the ui just like floating there or is it like is it sitting on the ground and you can like kind of pick it up or like, you know what I mean? Like kind of like what's, what's going to happen then? Pick up your buttons. Right. So I, I think it's kind of interesting <laughs> to think about how we might design things for, for that future. So, and I don't know the answer to this, obviously. And, and it must be super fascinating to be working on at a company where like, this is what you get to figure out. Yeah. And like, like you said, like, the transition from print to the web and to apps to some extent, it was a very linear evolution, very linear progression. You can see, like you just, you, you basically just went through the whole history and it's very gradual and, and linear. 
now is like me as a designer i feel totally disarmed like i have no clue what everything is supposed to be and work and mm-hmm. i feel like we are not supposed to know right like I, I i would say the type of professionals that are probably better equipped with this new thing is probably game designers yes um, yeah because absolutely. they also like okay 3d games i guess but they also work like on a 3d environment and you as a player a lot of times like the player could be looking at whatever from every type of angle and and in every position like there's a lot of variables there that you as a game designer have to take into account not just that but like i said i've been playing with ARKit slowly trying to build something i have no idea where to like okay i want to have a 3d object kind of like realistic kind of but a thing how do i start i know that i can use sprite kit or scene kit or uh, I could use Unity or something like Unreal, but those are still betas inside the betas. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's way over my head right now. I just mm-hmm. just start with Unity, but I don't know the tools. Like, where should I start? How do I design? Like, what app do I use? You know, <laughs> like, I can't use Sketch to design like a three D model and render. And like, I I right now I I I don't think I've ever felt as ignorant and disarmed and is like lost in anything right and that's so exciting yeah like I, yeah I, absolutely i love it but <laughs> i have no freaking clue what i'm doing it's it's amazing yeah and that's another thing that kind of makes me feel like this thing has potential because <laughs> i feel like <laughs> we had that kind of similar sense i mean i was still very young at that time but like whenever those first like smartphones came out like or with the iphone 2 like how should things behave here? <laughs> these things weren't figured out, and, and these things certainly aren't today with AR. So, yeah, I think that has a really good shot at, at becoming a big thing. Okay, let me play devil's avocado here. And just, it's not necessarily what I think, it's just um, throwing a wood into the fire. But isn't it alarming or concerning that Google Glass was such a flop? And Microsoft HoloLens, which looked cool in the demos. I feel like they, they announced HoloLens like two years ago, maybe? Something. I feel like it's been a while now. Yeah. I, I never heard anything like back from Microsoft about it. Like, is it out yet? Can you buy one? Like, I, I don't know. So, was it dead on arrival? I have no idea what happened. <laughs> like, are they still, build, you know, still working on it? No, I think it's still, I think it's, they're still working on it. It's just like this very expensive toy for mostly like rich people and companies right now. So the fact that two of the biggest companies in the planet that could potentially introduce this new type of thing to the masses, they flopped miserably, like embarrassed. Like Google Glass was an embarrassment, at least I think, like as a consumer product, as a tech demo, probably uh, it was cool. Like, to be honest, when it when the first video came out, I was like, that looks cool. I want one. Mm-hmm. I was still in college at the time. They never actually mass produce it, right? You could never go to a store and buy one. Right. Like. Yeah. Like Anyway, that was a huge flop. So having these two huge companies failing so hard, is that alarming for Apple? Well, I know Apple is not announcing any glasses anytime soon, but, <laughs> you know, I, and maybe that's... That is the thing that's going to allow AR to 
spread out to the masses is because everyone already has an iPhone. So, right. you know, you don't need to put some, some goofy glasses on your head or whatever. Like, you, it's your phone. And everyone has has been playing Pokemon Go. So they have this notion of what it is, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the these flops that you're talking about always happen. <laughs> so they're actually kind of a sign that it's it's going to be something that like a lot of people are seeing those opportunities and and most of these companies aren't great at at delivering on those opportunities yet but like i'm just think of like the rocker <laughs> that came before the iphone just think about uh the newton right <laughs> work on like that's base more or less basically what like the iphone or the ipad is trying to do today massive flop back in those days so i i'm not too worried about that but that's kind of what i was hinting at before where like i i feel like ar needs its blackberry moment which is like kind of a crappy but very successful like version of it that that people start to to look at and use in a mainstream way and then once once like we we cross that barrier then most people are like kind of comfortable with that idea and then someone can come in and it's just like hey you know this thing that a bunch of people are using well it's crap and here's the way to do it right so so yeah hopefully apple is patient enough to wait for that to happen because otherwise they'll have a lot more work to do um if they they want to like just bring this thing to, into the world yeah i'm really excited for ios 11 and it's kind of when you are in the beta period of a new ios version it's very it's very weird because especially on like big releases that introduce new apis or new tools for developers it's weird because you are using basically for like four months or whatever it is well not like three months you're using it just with first party apps because you know developers can't push updates for their apps on the new os so basically you have these two phases. You have a phase where you yourself are looking at app, what Apple is doing and like trying to understand what they're aiming for. And then when the actual OS is out, like they open the floodgates and you see all of this innovation that developers were working on like behind closed doors <laughs> for like three yeah. or four months. And like, here it is. This is our take. This is what we think is cool. And it's so exciting. Like, And with this... That, that Twitter account we just mentioned, the Made with AR kit, it's awesome because we, we have a glimpse of what people are working on. And that's what I love in this, like this app industry is like all of the innovation that you, you see from it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's why I'm excited because I I have no idea what people are going to build with this. And you know, it's a, Apple always says, and we can't wait to see what we're going to build with this. <laughs> but... I really can't wait to see this. <laughs> the measuring app on that we just mentioned, that was genius. Like, yep, I haven't yeah. thought of that. That is genius. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I made this. But <laughs> Yeah, and I feel I like there's going to be so much more of those things where like, yeah. I just like did not even think that this would be a thing that it could be useful for. So... And I think if you contrast that to VR, I think like VR is like very fun, like very immersive and great for video games and experiences. Uh, VR just seems a lot more limited 
in like its usage. <laughs> I feel like it's great for consumption, but like kind of okay for like creating things. But I don't know. I just feel like if I there's like a specific amount of uh, a specific moment where I choose to enter this VR experience, then that greatly limits its usefulness. Whereas like things with AR right now, it works with my phone and I have my phone all the time with me so I can use that whenever I need to. And then eventually, if let's say we have like the, those glasses, then that that's just like constantly, it's always there, always present. And so I think that's going to be like when it gets really exciting and interesting. I feel like it's not just the always present type of thing. So imagine that this Google Glass, Apple Glasses type of thing, you could, you know, you know, those, those the goofy lenses that you can like, these are like eyewear and now sunglasses, you know, <laughs> if you could yes. do that, it's like VR, AR, um, still, I feel like AR is going to be more used and I dare to say more useful. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of like video, you know, video is awesome of a medium. Everyone enjoys it. It's good for entertaining and for a lot of stuff. Uh, but usually when you're watching a video, usually you're watching a video you're not doing anything else right right and usually watching videos is better on a big screen at mm-hmm. home or something it's kind of like that like vr is awesome it's probably going to be very good for entertaining like way better than ar for entertaining purposes but it's something that you have to take time aside to you know to do it right <laughs> and right now like right now it's so cumbersome to actually go into vr like even i have the ps vr which is probably one of the easiest things like from all the headsets to try but it's still it's like if i have 20 minutes or like 15 minutes to spare i'm not gonna go play a vr game because oh my god just the setup and putting the thing and anyway right so i feel like it's like that it's like vr is going to be super powerful for one thing but it's not going to be as ubiquitous and as useful on your day-to-day as ar it's a yeah it's a really good point so (laughs) one of the things that that i wanted to to touch on was like (laughs) We kind of started this, uh, like, when I said uh, I, I kind of felt guilty <laughs> for, like, basically not ha- knowing, like, hey, like, how is this going to work? Like, how are we going to design for this thing? And, like, not knowing, like, is this something I should be investing on today mm-hmm. so that when it does happen, like, then I'm ready to take advantage of it? Because I feel like there has to be an upside to, to being, like, early early adopters or, like, it's like people in 2008 saying, hey, should I learn how to make iPhone apps? Well, no. I This is where I disagree. <laughs> like, I think... Okay. Uh, so, uh, it's almost like people in 2006 being like, hey, like, should I look at, like, what the landscape is for, like, making, like, smartphone things, mm. like, smartphone games? And it's like, well, yeah, you could, but, like, this is... It's going to be such a leap forward that it's... Go, like you're basically starting off at roughly the same point as everyone because I, f- I feel like there's so many question marks still up in the air that it's it's hard for anyone to just like hey like let me f- like think of a way that an app would work on this thing i don't know i, I yeah i don't know i'm conflicted about it but <laughs> i almost feel like because there are, are no consumer AR products and I guess like now like the the iPhone is is one and so mm-hmm. maybe that's like one area that I 
have no excuse not to dig into. But I just feel like right now it's it's so far ahead that it's it's just hard to know where to start. I agree and disagree. Like I agree that it is so far ahead that it's hard to start. And I also think that, but you still should, you know, put your foot on the door, you know, like start, don't wait until it becomes ubiquitous in a thing, look into it. At least that's, that's where I stand. Like I am really curious <laughs> uh, and maybe, you know, it's just going to be used for games and Ikea uh, to sell furniture, but you know, maybe, but still like It's too much, you know, even if you learn like 3D manipulation and UI, 3D UI and such, even if AR is not a thing, maybe VR is. And those, you know, those skills kind of like port over, you, they translate into other mediums. If we can all agree that maybe we're moving away from, you know, a flat glass surface, then there's a lot of shared skills that you could pick up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I agree with you, with you. Like, I think probably the closest you could be is either basically have Gabriel Valdivia's job, which is like designed for VR at Facebook or work on video games. Like you mentioned before, like, I think that's probably the closest to like, okay, I need like real world experience of like, what would uh, AR experiences be like or VR experiences? Um, and those are probably it. It seems like for me, it's just not the things that I'm good at or interested in because it's, it seems like, yeah, like I could build something or like try to design something for like an AR thing or a, a potentially like glass interface. <laughs> Basically, I don't, I don't know how to like distinguish the AR from like what you have on your phone from like the ambient AR that's like always on you because I think like it is still very different. You know what What could be huge in the AR thing? I, I'm sorry, I just thought of this. Like a big breakthrough, and maybe this is possible with iOS 11, I don't know. It's like a, right now AR is very um, like on-device thing. Like, a, like there's a silo. You know, what you right. see on your AR device, like in your phone, your Pokemon Go, there's a Pokemon there. It's not on the same spot as if you look at through another phone, right? Mm -hmm. If you create this shared... AR world that now I'm just thinking about that. That is huge. Like imagine <laughs> that, you know, here in my apartment, I put AR stuff over everywhere. Right. And then <laughs> my girlfriend can see all that stuff through her phone. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think Microsoft has done some of that, uh, with its, hmm. its own thing. Like if two people have the, the HoloLens thing on, they can see the same stuff. Which is awesome. Like, it's such a cool experience. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely love to see more of that. And I think the, f the future probably is like going that way. I don't know. I'm like getting super excited about it now. <laughs> so where do where do one start? Like, I, I'm in this boat right now. Like, I am yeah, I don't <laughs> dealing know. with this right now. Like, hey, how do I learn how to design, draw and build a 3D object with a scene kit? which appears to be the most um, affordable, the most, the, like the easiest way to get into it. Because Sprite Kit is useless. It's mostly for like 2D stuff. Seeing um, it casts. <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Another side project. <laughs> <laughs> I should do it. A, screen, a scene cast. Scene kit. Ca wow. Can't, I thought Sketchcast was a mouthful. Scene Kit casts. 
<laughs> oh, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, listeners, uh, as of right now, we're recording this on a Monday. The iOS 11 uh, public beta just uh, came out. So if you're not a developer uh, and you heard us talk about iOS 11 uh, <laughs> past couple shows and you would like to try it now, you can apply to the, um, for the public beta and install a public beta on your phone. Do I advise you to do that? <laughs> Probably not. Okay, I'm going to say it. I think you should install it. <laughs> it's, you shouldn't? It's, you should. I think it's pretty oh. solid. Like, Just give it a shot. You'll see what's what's happening with the new OS. Like, Even like in terms of design, even if the updates are, are very minor, it'll help you get comfortable with the new the new like larger headers and stuff um so yeah i i, I think you should i think you should do it I don't <laughs> but, know, but don't blame me <laughs> if it breaks your phone but i'm personally running it on all my ios devices and my watch and and it's totally fine i feel like i'm the only person on the planet that uh, thinks this way but i think a beta 2 aka public beta is worse it's buggier than beta 1 it's like I, I install betas on day one on my daily driver. I know this, but I am like I am psychologically ready. <laughs> I'm mentally ready for this. But I feel like if you're not like especially if you never ran like a beta software on your phone, this can be pretty frustrating. And if you're not ready to like, hey, stuff is gonna be buggy. Like uh, the other day, I was um, I was I, I got a phone call. I know. Remember those? I got a phone call wow. and like the, <laughs> my screen was like you had the name of the caller, but you had no buttons, no UI to answer. Huh. Uh, and I tried like to lock it and unlock it or whatever, like nothing. I couldn't do anything. Well, so funny. I couldn't take that call. That happens when you have beta software. Like, hey, I'm going to have to call you back. I just can't answer this. My phone doesn't let me. But yeah. I did notice something pretty cool today, though, uh, when taking a call, because I also got a call from my bank, and I was wearing my AirPods, and mm -hmm. in instead of having like the normal speaker icon in the the phone UI, it now has AirPods in the little circle, which is awesome. I really isn't it the Bluetooth one? No, no, no. It's AirPods. AirPods. Are, it's huh. the the last one on the right on the top row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, me either. Um, so that's really cool. <laughs> Anyways, so Rafa, uh, hmm. why don't you tell us about something that's awesome? Yes, I will tell you all about something that is awesome. I'm gonna go rogue here, and today I am gonna tell you about Shopify. Now, I'm not gonna like what? go through the line after line that I'm supposed to read. Uh, let me just tell you one thing, right? I, I know uh, Kevin for a while now. I mean, we've been doing this for more, for longer than a year now. Shopify was always one of the one of my favorite design teams in tech, and I mean this. Um, I applied once uh, to work there. Uh, everyone that I know that works there, people that I generally follow on Twitter, just not because they're worth at Shopify, but turns out they do. Like they're all awesome. So they are hiring, and they're an amazing design team. So if you're a designer or a content strategist, or if you work like if you work in tech and you like Shopify, I pro they probably have a position for you. So apparently they have a growing team of, get this, 180 uh, UX designers. 
Uh, they have offices in um, Ottawa, Toronto, Waterloo, Montreal. I guess this is all Canada. And San Francisco. Latest yep. uh, offices. And also, if you have been paying attention to the show, they released Polaris, yep. which is it's one of the most impressive design systems out there. Uh, it's very well done. Can I touch on something real quick? Uh, we, like, sure. we, we basically released our entire Polaris design system to all of our products, like just last month, or at, I guess at the beginning of this month. Um, it was That's a impressive. massive undertaking. Um, yeah. But we've we've updated everything. Like everything got a refresh. The Shopify like web interface, all of our apps. So the iOS app, the POS app for iPad, even the marketing website. Like everything got updated at all at once. And I didn't personally work on a lot of those those things, but I want to give a shout out to the teams who worked really hard on this. I just like I have to say like this is a massively impressive that we're able to like roll roll out like such a fundamental design update with the confidence that we're that that we had with this update and honestly so far the feedback has been incredible so like huge shout out because I know some people from Shopify listen to the show so huge shout out to to all of you for for shipping this boom so if this sounds cool to you you're looking for a new adventure and you know what no strings attached like just uh, send them an email see if if they have a position for you ask questions see what it's like yeah. if you're ready to give it a shot you you just go to shopify.com slash careers see if they have like position opens or whatever actually I haven't visited the page in a while i don't know what it's like uh you can also you can also uh, follow shopify ux on twitter or instagram or medium at Shopify UX over there. And um, that's it. This was a rogue ad by me. I like uh, it. But hey, there you go. Like, I, I really like and respect uh, the Shopify team. And if you are looking for a new adventure and if you're looking for a job or just, hey, switch it up, join an amazing team, um, just hit shopify.com slash careers. And thanks, Shopify, for sponsoring this show. And yeah. That was great. That was awesome. Okay, cool, cool. Yay. Um, so if you didn't hear enough about Shopify yet, <laughs> I don't want to try to make this like the longest ad ever, but but I do want to tell like kind of a funny story of what happened because last week was the Shopify UX Summit. And I talked about it a little bit in the last show. So that's basically our internal UX conference that has <clears throat> um, our designers, our front-end developers, our product managers attend, our content strategists, I want to make sure I don't forget any, our researchers. So basically our entire team kind of gathers together um, and it's talks from the team to the team. Um, and so this, this year, um, the UX Summit was in Toronto. Uh, and I'm from Montreal, and so our team in Montreal is like 25 people-ish, probably more now, but I don't know. I haven't been keeping track, to be honest. And so we all go and take a plane to Toronto together. And uh, there was someone that was in charge of like booking all the flights for us, which was very nice, very great. But we get to the airport, and when they start doing the, the boarding, we had this like priority boarding uh but what they did was they <laughs> called out like on on the mic they're like 
all right, now's going to be the time to board all the Shopify people for oh, your nice. UX conference. So please, like, what? head on over and board the plane. Like, we wish you a really great conference. That was, like, super amazing. Like, <laughs> that was, like, the smallest thing, but it was kind of cool. And then when we landed, we had people that were waiting for us at the airport with, like, big, like, kind of poster things uh, with, like, UX Summit on it. And we had, like, a special shuttle that brought us to from the, the airport to the hotel. And then in the hotel, in our rooms, we had, like, all of our uh, nice little packages and everything. And, like, let's be honest here. Like, none of this stuff matters, right? Like, none of this stuff is important. But it's the kind of little things like that that the team that organized the UX Summit and the team that organizes the rest of our events just, like, thinks about. And they, they're just like so awesome at creating a great experience. And beyond that, like I think like I, I've been to a lot of conferences and the UX Summit every year is just like one of the best conferences I go to. And uh, like I really wish we could invite other people because a lot of people like, were like, can I come? And right now it's shop five uh, employees only. So the only way to fix that is to apply for a job. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been thinking like if there would be some way that in the future we could allow uh, external people to join this conference because it's absolutely awesome. And like one of the things that, that I did uh, during that conference was on the second day, it was a full day of workshops. I was kind of the slacker who like was hosting a workshop, but decided to do the one workshop where you have to do basically zero work, uh, which was I was hosting two photo walks so basically one in the morning one in the afternoon so we got to like walk around in toronto take photos like exchange tips uh it was super super fun so yeah if you see toronto photos in my feed now you know why and yeah it was kind kind of cool to explore a new city like that um you can follow kevin on instagram at vernal cake boom <laughs> self promo cool pics man uh thanks yeah thanks. i was so jelly yeah, I mean, it it was pretty cool. Like, when I thought about it, I was like, hey, like, <laughs> I just spend my entire day, like, walking around taking pictures. So, yeah, that was fun. So, yeah, I think that's it. Should we do recommendations? Yeah, let's do recommendations. You want to go first? All right, Should yeah. First? So, my first recommendation is a talk by my friend Alex Cornell. It's called The Inner Monologue of an Insecure and Distracted Designer. And I saw him do, uh, not this talk specifically, but I saw him do a talk uh, at uh, the Made by Few conference last year. And it, honestly, it was like by far one of my favorite talks I've ever seen in my entire life. And But I don't, don't think it was recorded. This one is. And it's really, really great. I highly recommend people watch it. And the reason why I recommend this talk is because... Alex has this very specific way of doing talks that is something you probably have never seen before. He uses video and sound and basically like interacts with him, with himself on screen. It's really like an interesting experience to go through. Uh, it's better if you're uh, in the room while he gives it, but I think if you're not gonna see it, go just go watch the video online. Because uh, it's it's really, really cool. So, um, yeah, go check that out. I could swear that I've seen a previous talk from him. This is cool, man. Yeah, oh, man. It, it's super this. cool. I don't want to reveal too much because, like, right. unlike many talks, like, this actually has, like, 
things that you can spoil. <laughs> um, so yeah, just go watch it. And then my second one is just like a random recommendation, which is a song on the DJ Khaled album. <laughs> Do you like DJ Khaled? Okay. Not really. <laughs> All right. So uh, the song I recommend is I Love You So Much, Feet, Chance the Rapper. Like listeners know this. I freaking love Chance the Rapper. Uh, and there's a new song that you might have missed in there because like I missed it for a few days. So and it's actually like pretty good. Um, so yeah, check that out. <laughs> Anyways, we the best podcast. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I I have two recommendations. One is um, a notebook. It's currently on Kickstarter. Kickstarter? No, Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you you know if it's funded, it's Kickstarted. Um, it's by the Studio Neat guys, so Dan and Tom. And I feel like I just received the thing from their last kickstarter thing which was this grip for your phone anyway so this is like a notebook kind of like field notes moleskin whatever notebook that's it's supposed it's designed to sit on your desk but it's the same width as your like magic keyboard so it is like designed to to be like below your keyboard or above or whatever it has a lot of neat small details like for for example, UI design. So it has like this little guides on on every page, so you can draw like three rectangles, which has the same ratio of an iPhone screen. It has like this cool small guides that you can like divide one page into four different like into four quadrants, if you will. It's like it's a very high quality notebook, and then they also have like this case made for like when you're done with a notebook and you want to store them because these are meant to be stored and kept around like it has this cool case that like a sleeve that you can put your notebook and and like annotate it and stuff it's like it's a really good <laughs> uh notebook it seems like and so it's on kickstarter uh they have a goal of twenty thousand. well tw- uh sorry um yeah 20k 20k goal and they already are past that goal <laughs> um they're currently at 37k so if you want this i bought a three pack you should do that Uh, i was gonna say (laughs) well when i added this to the show notes was like hey let's help and let's make this a reality but now it's like (laughs) it's gonna be a reality so if you want one you can buy one all right so that's the recommendation number one number two is also an album um and it's woodstock by portugal the man and I'm not recommending it because it has Portugal in the name. Portugal the Man. Yeah, it's a, it's such a weird name, a band name. <laughs> Portugal the Man. Like, so I found out about this particular album. I, I was never really into Portugal the Man. But one of the songs, the song called Feel It Still, which is on this album, uh, it was used on, I feel like it's the, the new iPad ad or promo video or whatever. I know it was one of the videos of one of the products from this WWDC. Mm. So that's like, I was like, this is a very cool music, a very cool song. Let's see who plays it. It was Portugal the Man. It was part of this new album. So the whole album came out now. And it's really, it's really good. I've been enjoying it. It's on heavy rotation this week. So 
there you go yeah right. really good like again I, I feel like the like people who pick the music for ads in uh in the apple ads are just like always at the top of their game yeah like every single time like they pick the best songs and it's like i don't want to sound like a uh, like a fanboy <laughs> But because of that, like all of the songs are so good. I have a playlist called Apple Songs that I just go through. Like there's this website somewhere. It's like songs used by Apple or something. I can try to find it and put it in the show notes. But in where like every single thing by Apple that has a song on it, they identify it and they put it in a list. Even like songs played on the live stream of WWC while you're waiting, like before <laughs> it starts. Nice like yeah like every little thing so so i i have this playlist on apple music apple songs uh i don't want to sound like a fanboy but it's just good songs picked by the apple marketing team i guess so i can also put a show a link in the show notes to that nice all right uh so that's it for this week's episode of layout if you like the show please like just post about it on on twitter or anywhere really email your grandma about it uh this really helps people discover the show and the more people listen to it the the better the show gets because we get more feedback and we can fix the silly mistakes that that we make during the show also you can uh join the conversation at spectrum so it's spectrum dot chat dot chat yes dot spectrum dot chat So you can search for Layout there uh, and file us there. You can also uh, follow our Twitter account. It's at Layout.fm. Very simple. Uh, All of our show notes can be found at Layout.fm. And yeah, our thanks to Shopify for sponsoring the show. And I think that's basically it. Oh, wait. Go check out all the shows on Spec. Uh, There's tons of great shows. Uh, for you to level up your your skills um so go check those out if you're out of podcasts this is a really great place to start also this show was edited by guillermo silva or thanks to him for making our lives so much easier and better he's a way better editor than i will ever be thank you so much buddy thank you all right dude i'll see you next week bye bye Hey, I I uh, I saw your Instagram story. You're you're moving. You've been buying furniture and have you you're moving to a new place. This. Yeah. So, spoilers to the people who are listening and they can't see you like I can because video chat technology, it's a thing. You're still in your old apartment. Yeah. So, you haven't moved yet. Yeah. But you gave us uh, or us. You gave your Instagram followers a <laughs> tour of your your new place yeah i can try to post the the video in the show notes so that people can go and and see it um because it'll probably be expired by the time this comes out but yeah so i'm moving way closer downtown people who know me like no i live really far right now from downtown and i'm basically moving like five minutes from the office just a five minute walk so i won't need to drive and like take the bus and the metro anymore so that'll be awesome i will still take the metro to go basically anywhere but um i will be able to just walk for the most part which is awesome i'm super excited about that and it's also like i don't know like with this new place i'm kind of like approach approaching it from like a a blank slate so i'm like Mm -hmm. not keeping many of the things that i have now and so i just like I, i went all in i bought like a bunch of like 
nice stuff that I know I'll be able to keep for, for a really long time. And so this was like a really fun, but also kind of nerve wracking experience. <laughs> and expensive experience. Yeah, very is. expensive. But like <laughs> I, I, I planned for it. So I've been like mm-hmm. saving up for a while for that. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm super excited. Like I, I moved a bunch of stuff yesterday, but I, I'm only going to have like access full access to the space on July 1st, so next week. So right now I'm Exciting. still kind of at my old place, but still like moving a bunch of stuff over there. Yeah, like shopping for furniture is very interesting. Like I tend to have like a very specific idea in mind of what I want, and it always mm-hmm. see- sounds or seems very simple in my mind, but it most of the time it isn't. So it's often like super frustrating. It's like, I, this is just like the simple thing that I want. Why doesn't it exist anywhere? But we'll so, get there. We'll get there. I have a couple of questions. Sure. F- first of all, I love moving like to a new place. Right. I love it. I love like picking furniture and shit. It's like designing my, uh, my yes. house. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. like, uh, I moved a lot of, times i guess like we're on a fourth apartment right now and it's just like we carry over stuff and old furniture and people that you know family members gave us we didn't have at the beginning we didn't have to buy everything so all right you can just take a couch we have an extra one and we just you know we'll take whatever we can but right i love when we can like start from scratch yeah all right let's do everything our own way I also like, you know, quality stuff. We as designers and well, not just designers, but we like, you know, when things look good and feel good and stuff. And I don't know if you're if you're getting where I'm getting at. I have this weird feeling where I don't know where I stand or what I should do when it coming when it comes to picking new furniture and shit. But it's like I actually enjoy IKEA. <laughs> I actually like IKEA stuff. I like going there cool. and I like looking at stuff and picking stuff. But it feels like IKEA is not cool and is crappy furniture. But that's not how I feel about it. Maybe I just I just don't know nothing about it. I, like I don't know any better. I think it really depends on what you buy there. All right. So how do you feel about IKEA? <laughs> okay. Hmm. I have very mixed feelings about IKEA. I think it, like design wise, I think their stuff looks nice and they have a lot of things that like especially like simple things they just get like a good designer or like a like swedish designer to design their things and like that looks good to me like it doesn't look like that crappy like i don't know like normal like shitty stuff that you see like or at least it's like different shitty stuff that i'm not used to so it looks looks better than it is i don't know so I like really appreciate that. And like, I don't know if you watched the, um, actually yes. I don't remember her name, but the, one of the episodes of abstract, um, mm-hmm. with the interior designer who designed kind of like the, the like kind of, uh, how do you call that? Like kitchen area or like restaurant area for Ikea. Um, and that's super cool. Like that whole attention to detail and like, like solving that the problem fully like ikea is not just a furniture store it's like it they know that p- 
people come there with their families it's always exhausting it's like it's gonna take you a while so like they make sure that like you can get food and that like everything is just like really well thought out but i do have to admit that i hate going there (laughs) there's so many people (laughs) it feels like you're trapped in this maze with no windows and just like somehow always end up going the wrong way like you know how they have like arrows on the floor <laughs> for like which way you're supposed to go to always end up like going the wrong way and like bumping into stuff and so yeah i don't know i'm not a huge like i try to basically like make before i go to ikea like make a list and try <laughs> to like just buy everything all at once so i have to i only have to go there like infrequently <laughs> But yeah, I think their stuff do look nice. Um, it really depends on on like what kind of stuff you're you're buying. So I think like I mean, again, like it's really hard to have a, a like general statement about like all of IKEA because I think there's a, a mm-hmm. lot of variety. But like stuff like a couch or like like a bed frame and stuff like that. Like I feel like personally, I want to invest more in these things because I know they're gonna last me for a long a longer time. And these things tend to be harder to make right, if that makes any sense. Uh, well, I don't okay, know. Because okay. I, I feel okay. I feel like if you buy like a like a I don't know like kitchen like pan or something like that, like that, like you know what, like if even if it lasts like a year and then it's like it's broken or it doesn't work anymore, like then just like give it or throw it out and then buy a new. I feel one. like it's a relationship to price. The more expensive something right. is, yeah. You want, but I, but but, but, sure again, but again, yeah, one. exactly. But uh, like it, it depends very widely because I I know that IKEA has like really nice stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has, it just has a lot of variety, and I think that's why like when people complain about oh IKEA, like they they talk about like the cheap stuff there. Um, and not like the nice stuff, so you just have to like be careful. But but yeah, I think I think it's fine. I the way I feel about IKEA is very much related to, and I f- I feel like we talked about this like how I tend to stick to certain brands, hmm. not because I am a fanboy and I just I, the, this is the best brand. No, it's just in order to. <laughs> In order to simplify a little bit my life, we can go to the most obvious examples. Like when I need a new phone, I'm going to buy an iPhone. When I need a computer, I'm going to buy a Mac. Sure, that's the easy one. But it's like when I need new pants, I need new jeans. I'm going to go to the Levi's. Like I'm not going to think like, okay, I need pants. Oh my God, what store should I go to? And what kind of stuff really am I looking for? No, I just go there. Like I need new, like a t-shirt, Ugg Monk, whatever it is. <laughs> like, Whatever is the new collection. You know that's totally what a fanboy would say. (laughs) Well, but like I tend to stick to certain brands, not because I think the other brands are crap. I just I want to simplify stuff. Like I need new shoes. I'm gonna buy Nikes, right? Um, I may or may not. uh, I don't want to spoil this because I I want to surprise you next. (laughs) All right, don't spoil it. Okay, I needed to buy something, and I just stick to a brand, and that's it. And you're gonna see next week. I'm really excited. No, no, maybe I hyped it too much. It's nothing. <laughs> it's really nothing. Um, all right, all right. So because of that, like, in order to simplify my life, I tend to stick with brands. Right. And usually, like, I like to pick good brands, right? Yeah. So let's say, like, Nike. I'm not saying that, you know, 
Adidas is is. Crap. Oh, you haven't jumped onto the Adidas train yet. You're still no. on the Nike train. Oh, yeah, I'm on the interesting. Nike train for sure, forever. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like I'm not saying that Adidas is crap. I'm just saying, hey, Nike is a good brand. Adidas is also a good brand. I prefer the style of the the Nike style, so I'll stick with Nike. So, I'm just trying to connect IKEA into this. It's like I don't know enough about this space, like furniture and you know stuff for your home. Uh, I don't know right. enough to be able to say, all right, let's stick to brand X. So when I need a new couch, I can either go to Ikea or I can, I don't know, you know, like <laughs> where would I even start? Where Where is the couch store and what is a good couch, right? Because I don't know enough. Like what right. is it? The quality is how do I know, even though this feels good, how do I know if it's if this is actually good quality or not? Um, because yeah. I'm, like I don't know, so I just tend to stick to whatever brand I know and like, right? Because yeah. I do like IKEA right. in a way. Right, they right. have a lot of crappy cheap yeah. cheap stuff, but anyway, you see where I'm trying to go to, like yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I feel like our capitalistic society is is trying to help you. <laughs> so general rule of thumb more expensive equals better <laughs> yeah that, that's true but that that does feel bad <laughs> like to to like use that as the only measure like this is this is what they they want you to, to think <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's not always true um so there are very helpful sites like uh, the the wire cutter and the sweet home yeah. that i personally have been consulting for a lot of these things and doing my own research uh, mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff um, so that gives you a better idea but I, I have to say like one of those things that like <laughs> it totally happened for me the same thing like you with a couch uh, and for me mm-hmm. it was the mattress it was Casper. the absolutely <laughs> worst right but okay so if you look at reviews online Casper is fine but most people say that it's actually not the greatest so a lot of people recommend the Lisa instead, but the like the only reviews I saw was comparing online mattresses. Mm. Um, but the problem with the Lisa uh, is that okay, so I bought like this like designery bed that is like very low and anyways has a certain design, and the Lisa mattress is pretty high and it's like not high like High Sierra, <laughs> or I guess. <laughs> I guess yes, high like high Sierra. So I needed like a a mattress that was not as deep as um as the other ones. So anyways, so basically I couldn't just buy one online. So had to go to stores to try to find that that out. And then I didn't know kind of what was best for me because apparently when you go into a store, it's like we have. 30 mattresses and you're just going to be magically be able to figure out which one is right for you. <laughs> it's like, no, like I think there should be a way to like figure this out. Like you should be able to clearly tell me why this one, which is like a thousand dollars more expensive, which feels the exact same way to me when I sit in it is better. But apparently not like (laughs) it just took me like so long and for me when like looking at mattresses i have two basically levels of like precision (laughs) 
in like what I can feel. I can feel a mattress that is firm or a mattress that is soft. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't know. Which what is better for me? Is a firm mattress better or is a soft mattress better? Who knows, right? And so over time, like like doing a lot of research online, it's like if you sleep on your back, then the firmer the better. But then some people <laughs> Don't always find that super comfortable, even if that's better for them. But if you sleep on the side, then you should have more of a soft mattress. Otherwise, your arm's going to hurt. So anyways, uh, I just dropped a lot of mattress buying knowledge onto you. But um, (laughs) it was just like a terrible experience. And it's just like, please fix this. But also, like, I kind of feel like the online mattresses, like, don't do that great of a job. Unless you're like, I'll just go with Casper because Casper is, like, well-known, like... Is what people know. Have you heard of eight sleep? Eight, eight sleep. Eight sleep? No. Eight, as in the number. Eight sleep. Eight sleep. I am not sure if this is. So, you know, Marshall Bach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I stayed at his place last time I was in SF. And I stayed in the guest room downstairs. And um, the mattress was amazing. Like, really? It was, a, it was one of the best mattresses I've slept in. And huh. I was like, hey, dude, that is a Casper mattress, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, that is amazing. That was such a good mattress. And he's like, oh, really? Well, you should try the one that I have like in, in his bedroom. <laughs> and I can't, I'm pretty sure it's eight sleep, but I can't remember exactly. But I okay. just checked this eight sleep and it's like the mattress itself. Like if you sleep with someone else, um, like you can set different um, like temperatures and different like the firmness like on one side or the other for example huh. it has a built-in sleep tracker it has like alarm clock and whatever inside the mattress and like it raises up to like a sitting position and anyway it's like this high-tech mattress but nice. i don't know i'm on the market so i've been looking at mattresses as well <laughs> yeah Anyways, um, so yes. yeah, and the other thing is like I, I discovered that there's there are two, two things, like two different categories for stuff that I want to buy. There's stuff that I know exactly what I want. Like if you gave me like pen and paper and like amazing drawing skills, like I could draw you exactly what I want or like describe you the exact specs that I need. Hmm. And there are things that I just have no opinion on the matter or like no idea. And yeah, they're both hard for different reasons. Like the ones that I have a very specific idea, then that's, it's easy to know what I want, but it's hard to get exactly that. And the other stuff, (laughs) I don't know exactly what I want. So I'm like super nervous about making a decision because i'm like i feel like i have to like make the right decision like i cannot go back like i cannot fix this later so this has to be the the right decision and i just get paralyzed like just like i'm like oh i don't know i'll just wait I'll, like, i feel you <laughs> so yeah it is very difficult <laughs> but we're getting there we're getting there uh i'm having like a custom walnut uh, wood table made <laughs> which Ooh, is interesting because <laughs> again like that's another area where it's like i know exactly what i want and i want this wa- like nice walnut but the problem with walnut is that uh walnut is a small tree that is darker on the outside and very pale on the inside and if you have the like like massive walnut you're gonna see these like white 
strikes in the wood, but I do not want that because <laughs> um, I have some stuff that is like laminated and that's a different technique. So it's a lot smoother in color, which is what I want. So then I had to find like one guy who's like willing to make me this custom walnut table that is not going to have any of the like the white parts. Um, uh, so it's like all custom made. And then my, my dad uh, is pretty good with like like metal stuff and everything. So he's going to make me like this like custom like leg frame thing that I've seen in a bunch of places that I know exactly what I want. So anyways, basically the result of that is I still don't have a table yet. <laughs> but, but uh, when I do get it, it will be awesome. <laughs> That's impressive, man. This sounds so cool. So anyways, yeah, uh, I'm super excited about this place. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Nice. And hopefully it's going to result in better audio quality because now I'm recording from, from my other place. But because it's super far from the office and usually uh, Mondays aren't vacations for me, <laughs> um, I basically have to record in the office, which is super echoey. Which, um, yeah, causes a bunch of pain for editing, but... I'm just going to add one last piece of frustration here, and it's like <laughs> in the same situation. Like, I still... And I feel like this is becoming a problem. I never invested a lot in furniture or an apartment. Like, I haven't considered buying a house yet. Right. Because since I'm 18 years old... <laughs> uh I've decided that I'm going to move to the U.S. So, like, huh, okay. I don't want to buy anything and invest right, right. in a home because I know I'm going to go away. Mm-hmm. So, in the beginning, that's fine. Like, yeah, sure. I'll take whatever. Let's not spend a lot of money because this is, like, temporary stuff. In the beginning, that is fine. Now, it has been, like, four years. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if you had invested, you know, four years ago. Right. It wouldn't be like a bad investment. Isn't that know. just like every investment? <laughs> like I was looking at it, I was like, man, I should have really bought some bitcoins when it came out. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, sh- I should just move. I really have to take care of this, <laughs> dude. Good luck with your with your place. It's looking from what I could see from your Instagram story. It's looking pretty Thanks. sweet. I mean, it's stylish. very early still, but um. well, that's when it looks. <laughs> That looks better, but like now it looks very like, you know, design. Very, very minimal. <laughs> yeah. But, minimal. but I mean, like I still have other things. Like basically my TV is just like sitting on the floor right now. But mm-hmm. I have, uh, I, I bought something to like put my TV on and I like, I'm going to decorate the you space should, and make it nice. Um, you should buy one of those lights, LED lights that sit behind your TV. Yeah. Yeah. I have to look into that. <sighs> Marshall had ones that, you know, like basically connect something there's like a bridge between the signal that comes from mm-hmm. your like HDMI splitter or whatever right. and your TV. And so the colors like match whatever the content of the TV yeah. is, if that makes sense. I was wondering, does that get annoying when you're watching something? No, no. Really? And also you can turn mm-hmm. them off, right? Right. So like during the day, they're not on. Well, yeah, obviously. It's, but... it's awesome. Like even here, like in my place, when I'm watching a movie, like I like to watch the movie with all the lights off, you know, yeah. just... Yeah, movie, but uh, you know, my girlfriend prefers like to have a light on, not just like pure what? darkness. And it's like that; those lights. When I was at Marshalls, that was the only place where I was able to see one of those. Um, mm. It just looked so good; it was like very immersive, especially huh. when you have like your TV 
flat against like a white wall right right? yeah it's like the whole wall it's just immersive it feels like the tv is like floating in space it's not even against the wall it's really really cool Hmm. and i I think it's pretty cheap well right do you know the name of that thing no but i can ask him i can yeah i'd be curious Uh, because yeah that that sounds like a cool thing to have I want to. I need to re- read reviews and watch uh, watch YouTube reviews, as I do with everything these days. Like YouTube just has has gotten like so much better than many other things, other other mediums for reviews these days. There's just like, there's something about seeing something in 3D. Well, I mean, it's not really in 3D for me, but but you know what I mean. Like seeing all sides of it, mm-hmm. rather than just seeing this carefully crafted like one image of the thing um yeah big fan of youtube videos anyways i think we should end this like it's almost two hours yeah, yeah i mean yeah. we'll have plenty of talk about to, of things to talk about for like shows to come so we will keep a weekly update on uh, kevin's situation, Perfect. Home situation yeah yeah that sounds great <laughs> why not all right man this is fun cool yeah Talk this to you was a week. good one yeah all right bye bye